Chapter 5, Facet 1, Leading Self, Raise Your Consciousness. In an earlier life, I had two psychology clinics in Sydney. When working with individuals who were having relationship difficulties, I detected two subtle but important patterns, one of which was right in front of me. The first pattern was that in reviewing their pasts, many often found it difficult to remember that much detail. Second, when they were trying to explain past relationships, they were everywhere, fidgeting, looking around the office, focusing on anything but me. And the reason? They simply weren't present. They were not present to me at that moment, not present in their past. That was why their memories were so bland. We're all old enough to realise there is no one secret to having a great life, but there probably is one secret to great leadership when it comes to relationships. Be present. Nothing increases mutual trust and respect like being present. In order to do this, you have to raise your consciousness about being present in the first place. How many managers do you know who are with you physically, but not mentally, and certainly not emotionally? They're somewhere else, anywhere but with you. Sure, they'll nod, go through the motions, but it's difficult to believe they really want to be with you when they don't make eye contact, finish your sentences for you, never paraphrase, answer their mobiles, check their texts, say hello to everyone who passes, play with papers on their desks. And that's just the beginning. My beautiful mate Steve, whom I mentioned earlier, says they're not distracted, they're simply attracted to something else that appears more important or exciting at the time than being with you. But how does that make you feel? Is it just a lack of attention? Attention Deficit Syndrome, ADS, gets a lot of press these days, particularly with children, although the latest research is showing it's prevalent in adults as well. But again, Steve suggested to me that leaders who appear to be not present lack not attention, but intention. You could say that many leaders have intention deficit syndrome, IDS. Make it your clear intention to be truly present to whomever you're with. Love the one you're with, Stephen Stills. You can easily forget that right now, the person that you're speaking with is where your focus should be. All the skills in the world one of which we'll look at in Leading One-on-One, will mean zip, nada, nothing if you're not truly connecting with the person in front of you. Amongst the Zulus of the northern Natal tribes of South Africa, the word for hello is zabwana, which means I see you. How great is that? It's not just an off-the-cuff hi, it's really seeing people, making them feel significant, important. They know they count. But get this, the reply is even more revealing. It's nugona which means I am here. Wow. I exist only after you've acknowledged that you see me. In fact, your saying hello to me brings me into existence. The sophistication of these greetings is inspiring. In order to bring yourself to the present and raise your consciousness, embrace these three most important questions and their answers. What is the most important time in life? Right now. The present. What is the most important thing in life? What you're doing right now. Who is the most important person in the world? The person in front of you. So how do you get present? Four keys. People do this in their own way. Here are some tried and tested strategies. One, make it your intention to get present to both yourself and others. As simple as it is, make it your intention to be fully present to whomever you're with. A mantra or a saying to yourself is a good reminder or trigger. Be here or get present or even 
Pay attention. This means putting aside your own ideas and agenda and truly listening to what others are saying for every one-on-one, every phone call, every meeting. And of course, getting present to your body through the power of three big breaths is a classic strategy. Why? Because it works. Two, give them your attention. This means making more eye contact than you normally would and getting rid of distractions, e.g. your mobile, iPad or diary. See the person's magnificence, assuming positive intent about their actions and words. Calm and stop the internal chatter in your own mind. Three, truly focus on someone as a person. Buddhists say every time we meet someone, there is a chance to teach or a chance to learn. See the person in front of you as someone who either has a lesson or a message for you, or someone whom you can teach, help, or develop on his or her journey. By doing this, you'll be much more focused on who they are, what they're saying, and what you're hearing. You'll be fully appreciating who they are and their message. 4. Show up with an open mind. So often we lose our presence because we come with prepared answers to the issues we're about to discuss. We are listening for other people's rightness, the degree to which they are in alignment or not to our own way of thinking or our agenda. We listen through our own filters. It's like there are four buttons that simultaneously need to be pressed in order to be present. Intention is on, deliberately being present. Attention is out not on you, but them. Appreciation is up, of them as a person. Agenda is off, being fully open to possibilities. Raising your consciousness by being fully present is also at the heart of most great performers. By being fully present, you develop an extraordinary amount of self-awareness, the genesis of all great learning. Nick O'Hearn, in his golf book, Tour Mentality, Inside the Mind of a Golf Pro, sums it up beautifully when he states the key to great shot-making is stay in the present, commit to the process. It's time to raise your consciousness, time to push your buttons. On a personal note, as I discussed, for many years my daughter Ruby suffered from epileptic seizures. As her dad, all I wanted to do was to make it better for her, to take away her pain and the embarrassment she often experienced. I always listened to her through a filter or lens of, I've got to come up with a solution here. For God's sake, I'm her dad. I was Mr. Positive. We'll get this cured. This will work out. You'll see. Together we'll find a way. Yet Ruby got sicker and sicker. One night, I sat on her bed, listening to her account of her seizures that day. No solutions. No rah-rah. No, we can do it. I simply listened. And for the first time, I really understood what it was like to be in her world. The fear, the uncertainty, the struggle, the humiliation, the sadness. I'd always been the strong one. Yet as I sat there and truly listened, tears poured down my face. Ruby wiped them away, told me to cheer up and hugged me. We both went off to sleep. The next morning, I awoke to find on my bedside table the most beautiful drawing of the Little Mermaid. Ruby's artistic skills were awe-inspiring. On the picture was this simple note. Dear Dad, thank you so much for our loving conversation last night. It's one of my most precious possessions. Sometimes just being truly present is the greatest gift you can give to the world. And as a leader, it's the greatest gift you can give your people.
wherever you are, be there. Jim Rowan. Time for reflection. What is it that causes you not to be present to yourself? In not being with yourself, you're not being present to others. Why do we make the choice to be distracted, to go this way or that? Do those choices really matter? I often think for me, it's that I don't want to miss out on anything. The appeal of the new, bright, shiny object is greater than the pull of being truly present to myself and others. I allow myself to be distracted because I don't want to miss out. So what's with the fear of missing out, or FOMO, as people say? I believe it's because we so much want to be in the know, to not be found out lacking or wanting. By being in the know, we will be more acceptable to others, more appealing, more lovable. Yet if this is what our souls are really craving, real connection, isn't it amazing that the opportunity for connection is in front of you right now? Getting present to yourself will reveal so much. It's like looking into a still pond and seeing your reflection, your true self, for the first time. But if you keep throwing bright, shiny objects into the pond, all you'll do is create ripples, and your self-image will be distorted. You'll never be clear. What if rather than going from one thing to another, seeking joy and happiness, you suck the marrow and joy out of the present? For the more commercially minded, it's like investor Warren Buffett buying a small portion of shares after careful analysis and then really getting the best out of those shares, in our case, the moments. It's putting all your eggs in one basket and then really watching that basket. The alternative is buying lots of shares, skipping across the surface and selling them on a whim or a hot tip from your Uber driver to buy something different. Not only is it exhausting, It's probably not the path to real financial wealth or gaining those feelings of abundance in your life. Learn to focus and to be grateful for what's in front of you, for what you have in your life, for a still pond. Week one, small tweak one. Make it your intention to be aware of your attention. Push those four buttons on, out, up and off. Make a concerted effort at least once a day to make eye contact and truly be with the person in front of you. You'll find after your first week of getting more present to yourself and others and your environment, you'll feel more grounded, more real, more honest, more whole and more authentic. This raised level of mindfulness will begin to flow into all your relationships with others and the physical world. It seems so simple and almost uneventful. Let me assure you, That's one of the most powerful things you can do as a leader. Now you're ready to polish the second facet of your leadership diamond, leading one-on-one. 